This is Robert Clotworthy, the narrator of The Curse of Oak Island, and I have a question for you. Could it be that you are listening to The Curse of Oak Island and Beyond live stream? This is a top pocket find, mate, for sure. Hey, welcome everyone to the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond live stream. I am your host, Jeff Freeman, and tonight we've got a full house. we got Tom Burns on board, John Edwards, and Colin Jameson here with us. Welcome, guys. Thanks for being here tonight. Happy hey, New Year. Happy New Year, indeed. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. So, I, you know, uh, I wanted to have uh, all these guys on tonight. Of course, John Edwards uh, here all the time with us, and Tom. Uh, coming in and also Colin because of uh, we're going to get into a little deeper look as we uh, this new kind of new format that I've been doing um, where we kind of go through the the episode the recap of last night's episode talking about all the highlights and the points of last night's show and then we are going to jump in at the end of it go into a bit of what we call the roundtable discussion where we're going to take a deeper look uh, at uh, something. Uh, well, tonight uh, it's going to be, so you want to stick around to the end is what I'm getting to. You really want to stick around to the end. And I wanted to have Tom and Colin here and also John, because of, we're going to jump into this whole Portuguese uh, connection thing a little bit there. They are the unusual suspects. Uh, that is the title of this show last night or the show last night. And so you're going to want to stick around toward the end because we're really going to talk about this in depth. And John's got some good information, Colin does, and Tom has, uh, that we're all going to add to the whole Portuguese connection toward the end. So you want to stick around for that. Um, I do want to give a few shout-outs here to some of the folks. Jeff's in the house. Jeff, thank you for coming by. I love uh, it when you see people from, like, all over the world on this. I think that's... I know, I know. And that's so cool. <laughs> this is... Uh, Doreen said, I'm here live for the first time in a very long time. Hello, everyone. Well, hello, Doreen. We're glad you made it. Alan Hall from Massachusetts. Uh, Kate saying how everybody is doing, asking how. Glad, yeah, this is awesome. Alan Hall. Well, happy wow. new year to you too, wow. Alan. Thank you. Um, so all right, great to have you guys. And, and like Colin just said, we got people that show up from all around the world uh, for the show, and that's just awesome because I love getting the input from everybody on this. I really, really do. That's what makes this so much fun. Um, yeah, fun day for Oak Island yesterday was awesome, Pam. It really was because we had the drilling down, then we had the Oak, you know, Curse of Oak Island, and then we had Beyond Oak Island afterwards. I mean, I was I, three <laughs> hours worth of. <laughs> uh oh, here we go. You guys are gonna have to help me here, uh, Jacqueline. I I don't I I don't read French. I'm assuming that's French. Do you guys read French? I don't know. I'll say it's a hello from Quebec. Yeah. Yeah. Hello from Quebec. Okay. That sounds good. I'll go with that. <laughs> well, hello. Uh, let's see. Anchor Tours. Jeff is here. All right. Glad you're here with us tonight. Uh, Grand Marin Island says hi. Who's that? That's old Bill Burns. Mm. Grand Manan. Grand Manan. Grand Manan Island yeah. says hi. Well, hello, Grand Manan Islands. That's awesome. So um, last night, I mean, I, you know, it, it was so hard last night because as we're watching, as I'm watching and I'm and at the end of the night, you know, I'm, I'm putting my pictures together because you guys know I love my pictures, mm. but I'm putting my pictures and my thoughts together. And I kept intermingling all three shows, all three <laughs> shows. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, that was in drilling down. Wait, uh, was that, you know, it's because uh, and they were showing like the um, uh, 
the lady that showed up, I've forgotten her name now. Joan, was it? She was in the research center. Jan? Um, was it Jan? Yeah, there was a Jan Barker, I think her name was. Yes, that was yes, that's that. her. And so I was trying to add her in, and I went, wait a minute. She was in the drilling down, I think, you know. And, and so, yeah, I was really getting mixed up. <laughs> yeah, she was in the archaeology trailer, yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, and that's the first time, and, you know, we got to see her, and she got mm -hmm. to uh, talk a little bit. Janet, uh, let's see, started watching Oak Island at 11 a.m. yesterday. Wow. <laughs> right. That's dedication. That is very much dedication. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, Terry says, I wish they would go ahead and, and uh, find uh, some or just go ahead and let me come later and find. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and it's, it's, it's the, it's the, you know, what do they say about going somewhere when you're planning a trip? The excitement is getting ready to go and the whole thing about going and getting there. It's that adventure to get to yep. that end result. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Hamilton White has said that in his collecting. He, you know, as you guys have seen, if you've watched my shows with Hamilton White and uh, Carl Cookson from Lost Relics of the Knights Templar, Hamilton said that. He said, your, your greatest ex excitement is the search for that new thing, that new piece of antiquity that he's always looking for. And once he finds it, that's great. Oh, it's great. You hold it. You have, you have a couple of uh, maybe a week of really this is so cool. And then you're on to the next thing. And that's what it's really all about. Right. So the thrill of the hunt. Who said that? That's exactly right. That was Pam, the thrill of the hunt. And that's what we're going through is the thrill of the hunt on this uh, this particular one. So we had. Uh, oh, and I wanted to say real quick. Also, you saw me pop up the little things there at the beginning, um, the banners popping up. Um, we do have some really cool stuff coming up down the road here. And I wanted to talk about this Saturday. We've got Lynn Pitnett and Picknett and Clive Prince coming on. And I'm telling you, folks, if you haven't looked in to see who these two folks are, you really need to check them out. Lynn Picknett and Clive Prince. Uh, they've written several books. They've got the Templar Revelations. They've got the Turn Shroud. They've got the Forbidden Universe. We're going to be talking about all these things on Saturday. Um, I don't know how long they can stay, uh, at least an hour. If it goes a little longer, we'll see. But this is going to be an interesting, interesting show uh, with these two folks. And they've been on, they were consultants for the Da Vinci Code. Mm -hmm. uh, they were had a cameo in the movie. They were on a bus. Uh, so, um, but anyway, this is, this is going to be a fun and informative show. They've got a lot of information about the Knights Templar. We're going to talk a little bit about that at the, at the end of the show tonight with John's got some information to share with us for that. So that's going to be a good one. And Jeff, who's your special co-host for that? That is going to be Gretchen Cornwall. Thank you, John. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Gretchen Cornwall. She actually set this up with these two folks because they're, they're like A-listers in the world oh, of, you oh, know, absolutely. in their world. But we're also going to see, John, if they also are into UFOs, UAPs, the Stargate. I mean, mm. we're going to get them on Beyond Our World, too. So <laughs> That'd be awesome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah amazing. They, they, they're all over the place. Uh, so anyway, that one's coming up this Saturday, and it's going to be at 10 a.m. Eastern time because they're over in the U.K. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, it'll be 3 o'clock for them in the afternoon. I don't want to make them stay up too, or, you know, too late in the day. Mm. Um, so 10 a.m. Saturday. Uh, Lynn Picknett and Clive Prince. So mm, be, be mm, here mm, for mm. that show. It's going to be a really good one. I just know it. 
Um, also, if you'd like to help support the show, we have our Patreon channel. And if you're out there on YouTube, please click on that subscribe button and give us a thumbs up if you like our content. Uh, it kind of lets us gate helps us gauge just how we're doing. So give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down if you don't like it. I mean, that's uh, it comes to you, I guess. But uh, we like those thumbs up for sure. Uh, and click on her so you know exactly if you do the notification, you'll be told um, as soon as we go live with any new content. When a lot of times I'll just throw something out there. Um, mm -hmm. So you want to be uh, notified right away on that. Okay, enough of that stuff. Housekeeping is done. Let's jump into it. Season 9, Episode 9, Unusual Suspects. Oh, and I wanted to mention, uh, of course, John has his Oak Island hat on. And Tom, what is Is that the mug and anchor? Oh, oh what? What? Is that signed? You're muted, Tom. You're it looks like it's signed. Yeah, I, I had dogs passing through here, so I muted the mic. So, yeah, just a little shout out to our friends in Nova Scotia there. They unfortunately posted that they're going to close down for a few days, I think primarily related to the drop in business due to COVID. But they'll be back. Mm. They'll be back. And uh, we're going to meet them down here in the summer, aren't we, guys? Yes, we are. We're going to do a live show from the Mug and Anchor. <laughs> yeah, Gary Drayton was kind enough to sign up. There thing. it is. I knew Gary there was a thing. Oh, Whoa. Goodness. That's my awesome. Goodness. Gary Drayton signed your Mug and Anchor hat. That's so cool. That's awesome. <laughs> that is really cool. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, we hope they get back up and running. And, of course, as we know that um, – tell us a little bit real quick as I get my pictures ready. What's What's happening with COVID up there right now? Oh, she's hitting all-time epic levels in Atlanta, Canada, unfortunately. Really? Not a lot of people in the hospital, which is good news. we got super high vaccination rates, but the, uh, the caseload every day is like a, a record case daily. So wow. hopefully things settle down for the springtime and get back to digging on the island. Digging yeah. on the island. Just I know. Just hope passes through quickly and, you know, take our licks and get our vaccinations up. And right mm -hmm. now, it's, it's the numbers are, as Colin said, extremely high. However, they're not extremely damaging yet either. So, yeah, right. That's the key. Right. Hmm. Well, we sure uh, uh, thoughts and prayers are out for you guys. It, and it's coming through our areas in, in the States too. It's, it's uh, going pretty crazy. So, um, but hopefully it'll pass through quickly and uh, we'll just get on with life. And hopefully yep. we don't know yet about Oak Island tours. If they're going to have any tours going on this year, we really hope that they do. Um, but they're closing that window is closing quickly on when they need to get everything planned. So we don't know yet. Unfortunately, we will as soon as we find out, and you guys may find out before we do. But if we find out, we'll let you know on our Facebook page and stuff. We'll let you know right away uh, when we find out what's going to happen with that. And I wanted to just give a shout out too for Anne Marie uh, Lickfield Feld is out in Germany and his mm. on the show tonight. That's really cool. Yeah. So there's our Germany connection. Mm -hmm. And uh, so really appreciate you coming by, Henry. I know it's got to be terrible late for you out there right now, but thank you for being here. Um, Paula Mason is here. Hi, Paula. And so um, EAP, oh, EA Pat one. Hi, Pat. Awesome hats, gentlemen. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, so let's jump right into it. All right, I'm going to bring up my first... Yeah, first picture. All right, there we go. Uh, aerial shot of Oak Island looking right at the money pit, which is where we're going to start uh, for tonight. And the guys were uh, taking a look out there. They were talking about this one particular borehole that they were working on called HI4. Um, HI4, which is actually, let me see if I can, there we go. Yeah, so it's kind of the reason it's HI because it's on the line between H and I right in the middle. And of course, it's mm -hmm. on the 
four grid on the four line coming over uh, from left to right. So that's why they call it HI4 for uh, our friend um, uh, <laughs> Deidre White from uh, Could It Be Oak Island Podcast. She, uh, <laughs> she's got to get her maps updated. Um, so HI4, um, they're, and they're, what they're doing in HI4 in this whole area is they're trying to nail down exactly the orientation of shaft six. Um, they, as you heard, uh, Rick was very uh, dedicated to nailing down exactly where shaft six is. They wanted to hit it, which I feel very confident, and so do they, that they have hit it. But then also find out its orientation because they know, what is it, 18? 18 feet. 18 feet. 18 feet. 18 feet from shaft six over to the money pit. Yes. So if they can nail down that orientation, they'll know um, exactly where to that 18 feet will head uh, to know exactly where the money pit is. And of course they're, they're, they're planning. This is their planning stages for putting in the 10 foot cans, getting those 10 foot cans mm -hmm. around. Um Oh, I was just looking. Janet says, uh, oh, hey, Karen, public covers here. Hi, Karen. Uh, she said, hi, guys. So she's giving a shout out to uh, everybody. Um, there's Deidre. Hi, Deidre. Sorry I'm late. <laughs> I know. They were great episodes last night. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's their deal. They're trying to nail it down. And while they were working on HI4, uh, let's see. Uh, so last week, they were uh, 80 to 90 feet. Uh, the team found stacked timbers in borehole G2, which is this one here, of course. Um, they found stacked timbers, which means they hit a wall. When you got those stacked timbers like that, and they're drilling down, and they find them stacked on top of one another like that, that's that's a wall. And, that's, and if it goes down, 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 which it does for more than 10 feet or so, that's got to be the shaft wall. Okay, so that's that's what they because I, I think uh, like a tunnel wall is going to be only about six, seven feet, you think something like that. Um, the shaft wall is going to be continuous going on down. So they're pretty confident that they hit the uh, that they actually hit the uh, shaft six wall. Um, now they're drilling um, the HI4, which is located to 12 and a half feet from G2. A sample from 69 to 75 feet brought up over. Uh, over and brought up from HI4 for inspection. The sample revealed more stacked timbers um, that could indicate that they are definitely still hitting shaft six, one of the walls of shaft six. Uh, and Charles agreed with that. Um, let's see. This could be the second wall. So now if they can continue that, then they can find out exactly the orientation of it. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see here. Let's see. Uh, Doug, Steve. Okay, that's when Rick showed up and he was showing, they were showing him about all that. Um, and they feel that um, they are on the southeastern quadrant of shaft six. I always get a little confused when I look at this map because my orientation with the actual aerial shot of the money pit gets kind of thrown. Um, I'm assuming that up here on your where your one, two, three goes across the top is north. I believe. Yeah. Um, this is, this is my map that I've got that, uh, Linda got for me some time ago. And I believe it does say North up and it's got the one, two, three, four across the top. But in relation to the Island North would be actually, if they're drilling in the money pit, North would be towards the women's Memorial. Correct. Would that be North? 
Colin, you're from that area, so you got to help me here. I think let me go back to this picture. Well, the swamp, the swamp is on the north side of the island. Okay. Yes. Oh, is it? So north is yeah. actually going to the left. No, it's going almost like towards us. When you're looking at it, you're looking north to south. Well, more northeasterly, so, so, I guess. So, so would the eye of the swamp be in the north part of the swamp or the south part of the swamp? The eye would be north, right? No, that's the other side of the island where the home, where the house is is on the south yep. side of the island. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I always get and that's what I'm saying. I'm always get my orientation screwed up with this because yeah. it's hard to when you're looking at the overhead shot of this. So when they're over here where the drill rig is sitting right there, that would be down by your HI four down here. And I'm always thinking of it being to the right. I'm always thinking north to the and, and that's not the way it laid out. But anyway, I know I kind of digressed on that a few minutes, but uh, that's how I always kind of get my orientation a little mixed up on this. Um, and as you know, shaft six was the one where they drilled down and they tried to get into the money pit, um, a back doorway of getting into the money pit. And that was this artist rendition picture here of them drilling across. And then, of course, they hit water and it flooded this tunnel and never did succeed. Oh. But in the end, it ended up causing the collapse that they all heard. Right. And everything ended up piling down um, the shaft, the, the, tent, uh, the, um, the money pit walls and everything just right down into um, the bottom and created a debris field down at the bottom of the money pit area, <clears throat> which is uh, now why they figure that any, any chest or, or um, things like that were broken up and everything scattered across the bottom is what they're figuring at this point. Um, Does, you know, Does anybody know if that is the general area? Remember uh, last year, the year before, they had the ground around one of the cans collapse? Yes. That, that same general area? That was H8. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm just curious if, every, if everything fell into the same hole, that's all. Yeah. This yeah. is the H line right here where my finger is right there. That's your H line. Mm. Um, H8, it would be... I can find it now. H7. Just so to H8 correct myself from earlier, Jeff, that the swamp is on the south side of the island. Yes. Having an old man moment, sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and the house being on the north. So that's right. Because so okay, that makes at, sense. So if yeah. the if the numbers one, two, three, four across the top would be on the women's memorial side. Okay. Basically. And then the uh A, B, C, D, E, and F would be down along running from north down to south mm. so yeah and and again i always get my orientation when i'm thinking of it i, I always get mixed up but that's because i'm thinking well they're going the wrong direction why are they going that way so h is the okay. h would be heading toward the dunfield spoils that they were digging in in the first couple of episodes yeah. which would be heading the south side of the money pit area toward south beach there okay right. okay um let's see so yeah that was h8 around h8 where that was collapsing um and that was pretty devastating for sure yeah, i just didn't know if the two might be connected by that under underground channel or solutions channel or something like that mm -hmm. yeah barbara duncan said that uh, the elephant trunk would be east correct so that's isaac isaac's point that's on the east side that's the east side of the island yeah okay yeah, yeah. because i think last night they said when they were digging in the swamp they were digging in the southwest corner 
when they had the excavator yep. in the swamp. It was, yeah. 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 It was on the, if you're looking at the island, it would be on the left side of the swamp, away from the opposite side of the stone pathway, would it not? A restricted area, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so and the idea that they were wanting to do with this 10-foot can, as you see in this picture here, they're looking down. They want to actually intersect that shaft that runs from the bottom of the shaft to six and then turns horizontally and heads over toward the money pit, which they figure this debris field has flushed into. And that's why they want to put in this 10-foot can down in that area. And they were hoping that they can come in here and then actually um, pull out something, you know, some treasure out of there and find something in that that horizontal portion of shaft six. Mm -hmm. That's that's the thinking here. And that's what this picture is showing us is that 10 foot can breaching the horizontal portion of shaft six, which I hope it, I hope they're right. I mean, it, by all indications, I mean, and it's all kind of, it's, it's guesswork. It's hypothesis based upon the facts that they have collected thus far. So um, is it true? Hopefully, hopefully. Hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, I just saw Deborah Polk it says, hello, dear friends. Hi, Deborah. Glad you're here with us tonight. And Deborah D. Uh, Jones is here. Hi. Glad you're with us tonight. All right. So let's see. So then, uh, and again, okay. So here, looking at this picture here. So over here would be the north side, correct? Over here by where the, the, the where they got their tent set up. And the south side would be over here by, this is the Dunfield uh, spoils area that they were digging in earlier yeah. and then east would be over here i'm assuming correct heading yep kind of towards well, the into smith's cove yeah right okay all right and and, and that's <laughs> like i said so i always get my my orientation kind of screwed up there a little bit when i think about you know the the money pit in north southeast west hmm. um, so that's where they're doing the hi so they're actually moving south to get in that portion there uh, let's see. All right. Um, then uh, as they're working on this, this was the uh, the first things that they pulled up out of the uh, HI4. They found planking that was all stacked planking. Uh, they show that picture there of that. Um, and then they head over to the research center. Um, they got they went over there because they wanted to talk to Steve Guptill a little bit and get a kind of an idea of where they need to punch a hole next. Um, and Steve, here's the group over there talking with Steve, and he brings it up on the big screen of what he's thinking. And they're looking at this area here, uh, F4 being the, the spot. That was the one well where they found the most, uh, the highest concentration of mm -hmm. silver, right, in the water. Mm. Uh, Dr. Spooner, when they did those water samples with Matt, I've forgotten Matt's, Matt's last name all of a sudden. Uh, they were working with Matt, and they found those uh, high concentrations of silver. They truckload, a Gerhardt truckload, uh, dump truckload of silver, they said. Um, and then this, so this is a little bit better picture of it. Uh, and here's the the F. They're looking at the F, uh, and Deidre will love this, the F2 point, or 0.25 by 4. I know yeah. Deidre loves those. That point two five dash four. When I heard him say that, I thought, "Oh, yep. Deidre, here we go." <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Oh, Lukeman. Sorry. Yes, Matt Lukeman. Thank you, Jan. Yes, I am. I'm trying to pay attention. 
Linda and Jan are, are feeding me information as we go along here so I don't look so dumb. Yeah, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Matt Lukeman. Um, so, but, you know, the, the one thing, thing that struck me here, and we were talking about this in the pre-show meeting, and I said, and I, I thought, this particular spot that they've hit right here, or that they wanted to dig in, is inside what you see with the words right here, bottom of Dunfield dig area. So this circle you see that's a dotted line going across the bottom here, which this F.25 by four. Uh, <laughs> Peter says, ugh. Um, so this spot, if the bottom of the Dunfield dig was 140 to 144 feet down, as we've talked about it being a cone, mm -hmm. the bottom of that cone being 144 feet, and they're hitting inside that bottom, they would have to go deeper than 144 feet, would they not, to be yep. able to hit virgin ground, right? That's what it looks like, and that's why they brought up whatever they call it, chips and fill or whatever they called it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so Terry, I mean, I kind of wondered why, why did they bother with this one? I, I'm not really sure unless they went deeper and, um, oh, sorry. Uh, I'm completely blocking Colin there. Sorry, Colin. I <laughs> you look a lot better than me guys. I understand. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I, okay. I'm going to stay away from that. Um, so, that um i mean they they came up and they said okay terry notes that the sample was all till but is a mix of dug material and backfield backfill which indicates they did they did not hit a tunnel and i said well isn't that what they they should have hit right yeah that's, that's exactly, exactly what, what and maybe that's the point maybe they were Okay, they're not going to hit the tunnel because if they don't go down below what Dunfield Dunfield pushed all that dirt and wood and everything right back in the hole, they're going to have backfill because that's what Dunfield pushed in there. Um, so I, I kind of that left me wondering why why did they do that? Um, why did they um, why did they dig there? But maybe that's what they were trying to prove. Maybe they were trying to prove that that's you know. Um, that that's what that was. So then now, if if they're and they're assuming that that F line is the shaft that the horizontal shaft that's leading from shaft six over to the money pit, so they're going to follow that F line and keep punching holes every couple of feet and see if they hit the tunnel and if they hit a void. Which now, if you guys saw that, if you stayed and watched Beyond Oak Island, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tease this and then leave it alone. But if you watch the uh, Beyond Oak Island and you saw the preview that was in there, embedded in there for next week's show, then you saw what they hit and you saw the water shooting up through the pipe. So good things to come next week, I think. Uh, did you guys catch the preview for next week? No, did I didn't guys... see it. Oh, yeah. So um, fire up the pump then. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it was percolating up through the pipe. I mean it's, yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tease that out. Um, yeah, Deidre says that that preview was very good. It was, it really was. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna, it'll be coming up in our, uh, um, in our in our uh, on our Facebook page. We're gonna put that out. Um, 
Uh, see, Barbara Duncan, I'm going to bring up your, let's see here. It said, okay, the big question, they're looking at 100 feet, 100 foot depths looking for tunnels. Wouldn't it be easier to find a tunnel entrance at a shallow depth and work from there? Or is it a mess from the Dunfield dig? Both cases, I think, are, it is a mess from the Dunfield dig. Um, it would be easier if they knew. Um, it, well, in this case, they're looking for a searcher tunnel where they know yes. where the original shaft was, right? Yep. Or they think they know roughly where the original shaft was. Well, they've pretty much proven it now, but right. now if you're looking, looking for a depositor tunnel or shaft, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. who knows what depths mm -hmm. it could be at. Right. Well, remember years ago, I think I mentioned earlier, they had um, they found the bones and so forth several years ago, and that was at extreme depth, like 165. Hmm. That was like 160, 180 feet, something like that, yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah, yes, but I don't know exactly where they had pulled that from, so were they going back to find that particular location? Because that would have been much deeper than the 140 feet that Sunfield yes. oh, yeah. had dug down, right? Hmm. Anyway. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, he did. You know, Alan Hall said Dunfield really messed up the site. He did, but, um, you know, there, there's been, you know, and I was calling him Dunfield the destroyer there for a while and all that kind of stuff. But I kind of backed off from that because, you know, he he had a plan. He was running out of money. He knew he felt he hit the spot. He was going to find it. So that's why he wasn't really too worried about all of the uh, um, he wasn't worried about all the preservation of things, which. I'm glad that the uh, the guys, the Oak Island team, is concerned about the preservation um, mm -hmm. and doing things right. But um, yeah, it really does look intriguing for next week. But again, um, he did have a plan, and I remember I don't I forget who it was. It Laird. We were had Laird on the show. We were talking to Laird, and he kind of kind of backed off on the whole you know Dunfield being an absolute destroyer on everything and and kind of put a different light on it. And I like what he said. I'll have to go back and preview that again, but uh, um, it was very good what he had to say about that. And it wasn't completely, you know. And Dunfield um, did keep pretty accurate records. He did. Yes, he did. Yeah. So they know where he went and what he did. So, and yeah. at the time, at the time that he did his digging, that was the norm. Hmm. Yeah. And so like Linda said, right here. The way it was done. Yes, exactly. They did not have the technology that we have today or the machines that we have today so they did it the best they could with what they had and they felt he felt they had it they found it they knew where it was Turo company made a huge mess head in blank and chip just like linda's saying here mm -hmm. they all tore the place up mm -hmm. and the the laginas are somewhat tearing it up but they're putting it back they're, they're trying putting to put it back it, yeah they're putting it back and making it better than when they found the way they found it yeah look at the job they've done you know down smith's coal right that's mm -hmm. amazing what they've done down there yep um let's see the awoken one says uh, at this stage i'd say it's impossible to use the ground underground passage to access the money pit with all the work the cave-ins natural sinkage over the yes yeah, yeah, the I best, think the best you could do is hope to follow it yes exactly because they've talked about the collapse tunnels many times so um let's see who uh the laginas are doing a fine job this was pam block doing a fine job of bringing up the island back bringing the island back to life um yeah i think so um i think you're right um oh <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Paula likes my Templar ship I got back here. Yeah, I, I love this one. That's why I brought it up just for tonight because of the uh, the Portuguese connection. I was going to say, is that a Portuguese Templar ship? Though? I'm going to say it is, but I don't know. Okay, let's check it. For the purposes of this show, it is. For the purpose, yeah, thank you, Tom. Thank you very great. much, Tom. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So let me get back to the pictures here. So this was the grid, and it shows here this F4 being the one that they found the most silver content in the water, and 2.5. And they're going to work their way right down this F line because of the fact that they are hitting uh, what they think is shaft 6, or they're pretty confident shaft 6 down around this area down here. Hmm. So that's where they're heading. So they're going to see if they can follow the shaft. They did not hit it here, which was the Dunfield area. So keep moving to the south and see which, and that's heading towards South Beach and see what uh, what they find. Yeah. Uh, the, and here is Charles and Terry, of course. And then when they found, when they got that sample, this is the sample where they really didn't find anything but backfill in it. So that takes mm. us. Uh, that's pretty much all the money pit for the show last night. Um, then we jump over to lot number four, which is this one here, where we have Gary, Steve, and um, Jack uh, heading over to um, do some. Uh, they're, they're looking for more artifacts in in um, in lot four, and sure. and also they're looking for. Uh, here's a shot of them guys walking over and with the GPS. They're looking for this area here the hole under the hatch, which is this spot here in lot four. They're, they're hoping to help find evidence in this area so that they can get a permit to excavate the area. Okay. Hmm. Um, the hole under the hatch, which was labeled on Xena help, help, um, map right here, uh, shared with the team several years ago, the team hopes to find artifacts that could help obtain a permit to excavate and search for the hatch. They need mm. to get some proof. Mm. Um, lot four is really wet and swampy. Lot four is very wooded, isn't it? Yes. It's yeah. a very heavily just yeah. wooded area. Yep. You can see right here. It is very heavily wooded. Yeah. The first time they sent Gary in there to metal detect, they were getting ready to chop down trees, and he just said he would wiggle his way through, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I like, and I like. He brought out the big guns for this one, the GPX five thousand. <laughs> yeah. How far? How far did that um, detect down, Jeff? Is it like six, um, four, six feet, something like that? Mm -hmm. It went a ways down. What did they say? They were going from knee depth, knee deep to shoulder deep, or something. That's like what that? I thought. Yeah. So I'm thinking at least five foot down. Yeah, yeah, I think it is five five feet. It was picking. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, five feet. Uh, that's what it says with the Equinox, the GPX 5000 combined with the Equinox, uh, which is, uh, will allow Gary to search objects up to five foot. In wow. Depth. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, and it, what would you do? <laughs> Who's going to dig that hole? I mean, that's, we what, know I Jack, that's <laughs> what I thought. Jack, you're good, but you're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> if they got a great hit and that machine right there and that detector is telling them, yeah, it's about four and a half feet down. Oh, I'll be back in a couple of hours. We'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna find Marty. Point, yeah, yeah, get Marty with the backhoe. But at that point, um, yeah, knee deep to chest deep on Gary. So on that, and and, and at that point, would it that be to say, okay, we found something really significant? Do we need to go get that permit now, or are they allowed to dig a hole? I kind of wondered that on when it was when I was uh, 
yeah, combined with the Jack 6000, as a Deidre said. <laughs> but, you know, at that point, are they going to shovel the, you know, uh, that's a that's a big hole. Um, they're not, and that's going to be a, a, you can't, you know, just dig a small hole unless you got a post hole digger. You can dig a hole that deep, you know, in a small area. Otherwise, you're going to be digging a big hole to get down that deep. So, um, mm. right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Linda just brought up, they cannot use anything but a shovel without a separate permit. Wow. So digging a hole that deep, you got to go get a permit. So I kept, I, I thought about that. I said, what if you detect something really deep? What do you do now? You go well, get the permit. You see in the show, the guys are going with the flags and they're marking everything. So they mm -hmm. probably are, like you say, marking the deep stuff for later. And yeah, because he would know, he would know from the readings on his detector how deep the object would be that he's going to dig. It would tell him. Yep. Um, let's see. Let's, uh, let's see. I'm covering you up again, Colin. Sorry about that. Uh, how are the Laginas going to build a case to excavate when so much of the historical artifacts are buried wood? Um, don't they think that they uh, will uh, find major metal artifacts to... Um, don't think they will find... I don't know. I mean, they we haven't seen them find anything that deep. They haven't shown us that they have. But then again, Gary's always been using his other detector. And this mm. one... I think he needs to go back over every the entire island with this bad boy right here and get a better look and maybe you know um yeah and who's to say that in a future show you're not going to see where he did find something deeper exactly Ooh, possible exactly well they had to go get a permit to get deeper i think the exciting thing with that like i mean you'll see some people i know people make lots of comments online about the permits and slowing things down and that sort of thing but mm -hmm. I think it's super important, you know, even being a local here, I think it goes to show you the importance of what's here and happening. And they're yep. really, you know, taking their time methodically going through it and then investigating because I do, I'm, I'm a big believer. I think the change of, of the history books would be written from some of the mm -hmm. stuff they're going to find here. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think so. Uh, and that's some of the research that John's been doing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Could very well take us to rewriting some of those history books. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And they're doing it right. I mean, what did they say last night in the earlier episode? Did bagged and tagged over 2,000 artifacts? Yes. Yeah, Isn't that crazy. amazing? So that, that tells me that they're doing it right. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. if not, that, you know, they got their own archaeological trailer. I think the province they mentioned, the province of Nova Scotia was in on the archaeology trailer. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're doing it right. They're doing it. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. in theory, you could throw the stuff in a corner and say, let them work it out later, right? Yeah. but they're 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 keeping track of it they you know they're restoring it they're they're, they're taking care of it so yeah but I like the, like that they're using a lot of uh local resources i mean the universities are pulling upon a lot of the endocrinology they're pulling from labs in in uh, central canada and so mm -hmm. forth so i think there's there's a lot of backing there's a lot of technology there's a lot of there's a lot of great people working on this project hence hence the importance mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody asked, uh, this was Janet. What if they had to, uh, what if they had to dig on the Blankenship land? Do they need a permit to dig on? A, yeah, I think they do. Yes, I, I would imagine. they do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you guys up there would know better, uh, Tom and Colin. Uh, my, my guess would be private land is private land. And if you're going to dig for an artifact, I mean, they're digging on private land right now, right? Yes. yes. That is you know, correct. So if you're, yeah. you're going to dig on private land and you're going to un uncover artifacts in a, in a designated area, you better have your permits in order would be my suggestion. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, look at look at what Alessandra goes through. I mean, she wanted to excavate uh, what could very well be the uh, Henry uh, Sinclair remains. Exactly. Castle. Yeah. And she's not allowed to. They will not give her a permit to do it. Nope. Why is that? You know, we we kind of talked about that a little bit, her and I, when we uh, when I had her on the show, and it's like, you know, that's all went back to Joan uh, Hope that uh, you know found mm -hmm. it initially. Found the initial yeah. foundation. Yeah. Yeah, she was trying to put in a garden, and she found that that foundation. And then it was all, oh no, nothing to see here. Covered up. You're not allowed to look. Yeah, really. Uh, anyway. mm. Even when we're uh, doing just me, me locally here. Like I'm, I live like two minutes from the island, and we were doing some work on my wharf and seawall and and that stuff. And you need permits. There's a lot of environmental impacts and so forth. They're really good to deal with. Like there's the local municipality and stuff is super fantastic. The to work with except we just want to make sure that there's no big environmental impacts mm, mm, and of right. course with a lot of this stuff as well as the the history of it right 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 mm. there is history yeah. here there's no question about it oh absolutely a ton of history mm -hmm. and and the awoken one kind of talked about that he's got a comment here about the canadian government but i think that they are they're not they're not they're they may be partly calling the shots here but it's because of a lot of influences on them i think mm -hmm um that are that are are you know they're they're working with a deck of cards here that they have that they've got to work with um uh, and i this isn't the show to get into all of that and i'm not no. going to jump into all that right now but i don't think it's I, you know i'm not going to throw blame anywhere and say oh it's their fault or their fault or their no. fault i think they're all working together to try to do this the correct way and yeah. um yeah and i think last night in the in the digging down digging deeper episode they showed that they're doing it the right way. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I they're taking the time. They're putting in the care. They're putting in the effort. Mm -hmm. They're, 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 you know, the old, I guess, maritime expression is leave it better than you found it. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is what they're going to do. They're going to leave it better than they found it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then Karen, this is Karen said, yeah, they allow the, the uh, causeway to block water without an opening. But, and again, I, maybe that has to do with when that was done. I don't know. I mean, the causeway was put in by Dunfield, right? So, I mean, I, I don't know. There's lots of causeways to islands locally. Yeah. So. yeah. I would suggest there's lots of water flow in there with the tide the way it is. They're not, they're not blocking the tide. Yeah. Um, and this little bad boy right here is what they ended up finding. This was, uh, Gary thought that this was like half of a, I was going to call, we used to call them horseshoe nails. Uh, some sort of a uh, like a horseshoe nail or uh, some sort of a big I forget what he actually ended up calling it uh, an iron staple thing. yeah there it is an iron staple and he was thinking it dated uh, before the 1830s so mm -hmm. is it is it cool yeah is it does it mean it does it gonna put a label on any particular people that were working in the area no probably not um, but it is an interesting artifact the way his metal detector went off I thought he found the whole hatch <laughs> I know. That's what he was saying too. He was like, "Oh, what are you?" Know, yeah. yeah, he called it a staple. The jersey. He said, "Yeah, thank you." Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, like I said, is it gonna is it gonna take us to a conclusion? No, no, probably not. Um, from there, they jump over to the swamp, and I'm gonna try to kind of move along here. Um, I don't want to you know, brush through it, but um, I move along here a little bit. Over here in the swamp, and this this is getting intriguing. Uh, the swamp dig, in my opinion, because it is starting to um, 
they're getting closer and closer. I think they need to actually get over here a little further uh, to where the anomaly, uh, the ship-shaped anomaly is. The back that would be the um, the stern mm -hmm. of it would be over in this area if it is, in fact, a, a ship. Um, I, think it, I think they need to reach a little bit more into the swamp, but... They are pulling up lots of different, um, you know, pieces of wood and, and whatnot from this area. Now, a lot of the the, the, the logs that they're pulling out, uh, we had that picture we showed last week that had this little structure that was built out there. Um, it was like poles up on the ground, and then they mm -hmm. had uh, mm -hmm. cross members on there and stuff like that. And I think that's what they're, they found a lot of that, because this is right in that area where that was constructed back nolan i think did uh, fred nolan i think or was it before fred nolan had put that in there um and then there's another picture here and i'll show it in a minute of the uh excavator and it shows all those logs up there against it and i don't think they're really all that significant um mm. the logs that they're pulling out there's gary working the uh, working the area and if you see here they're actually gone back this is part of the road um mm. that they're on or they're just off the edge of the road in the solid ground which was built up for the road but you see over here, they're scraping right here, which was actually in that up out of the swamp area a little bit. They wanted to scrape here and see what they could find. Hmm. Lo and behold, they did start to find uh, some artifacts. Um, and, I, and I grabbed this picture here just because I thought this is really cool. Uh, it is cool, and it's a little bit, this, this little bad boy right here in the back here on this, hanging on a pole. This is an Altair, an MSA Altair 4X gas detection monitor, probably a 4GAS, O2, LELCO, H2S, <coughs> which you need to have around when you're digging holes in the ground. Um, but I'm wondering if it, if, it, uh, if it ever goes off with any kind of, they say that the swamp stinks so bad, um, you could maybe get a little methane from a swamp. swamp Potentially a pocket of gas. Mm -hmm. Get yeah. a pocket of gas in there somewhere, Jim. Yeah. So I just thought it was interesting. Now, this would be one. They got it hanging on this pole or a rod sticking in the ground, but you would actually wear this one on your clothing. I rent these things. That's why I know what it is. Um, we've got lots of these at where I work. But um, you would normally be wearing it, but who's going to wear it? So it'd have to be Gary should be wearing it, quite honestly. <laughs> if if he's down there, he should be the one with it <laughs> instead of up here on a pole. But at least they have one in the area, and if it mm -hmm. does go off h2s was the one the gas that they said killed the rest alls mm. uh, and it will kill in a matter of seconds uh mm. h2s a high enough concentration of it you breathe it into your lungs mm. i think tom i think you were somebody i was it you that talked about what it does to your lungs or something uh it wasn't me but no what i mean if that goes into your lungs and h2x you know mixes with oxygen and mm -hmm. water right yep here you go instant acid Yes. Yeah. And it can kill, it can kill very, very quickly. But I just mm. thought, well, as soon as I saw that, I went, oh, there's an Altair 4X hanging on that rod. <laughs> um, oh, anyway, man. yeah. So at least they're using the gas detection monitors. They got them in the area, which is, uh, you know, I should be their safety guy. They should hire me to come out there to be their safety guy. And uh, yeah, I, I can, you know, then I can dig with, with uh, Gary, you know. Um, sure. Right. Okay. So, uh, and again, one of the stakes that they pulled up out of the ground, you can see it was obviously uh, had been, you know, axed, you know, into a point or something at some point. But again, I'm not really fired up about all these, these stakes there. If they were used for markers or, you know, around the stone road, that was really cool because they were marking off the area of the mm -hmm. road, so they could know where to build the road. 
Um, yes, Deidre says they should hire me. <laughs> you can't go, yeah, that's awesome. You can't yeah. do it, Jeff, because they'll have you sign a non-disclosure agreement. I know. Oh, oh, I wouldn't be able to talk about the show. The show. Oh, oh, my God. That'd be terrible. <laughs> that's very true. Okay, so not. Well, I'll stay where I'm at. I'll just do this and... Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm sure the pay here, the pay here is much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. I, I know. I got uh, we got ninety some people watching right now, so that's that's the pay. To there me you go. There. That, that's the pay right there to me. Um, let's see. All right, I'm, I'm trying to check out the chat too. I don't want to miss anything real. Uh, um, oh, okay. The Woken one is talking about the special permits or. Uh, for his in his only complaint with the show and the, as the fellowship tries to restore yeah i i know it it does it does it is a, a drawback but again you got it's a fact it of life right. it's a fact of life work with it it is, it is a fact of life yep absolutely and again and uh, these are the kind of pieces of wood that get me fired up right here uh, not the not those poles or the markers or stakes in the ground or anything like that but it's these things right here um mm -hmm. that i really like because and as he was looking at this you could see um uh so you can see the uh the way this thing is shaped it's rounded you it's obviously a piece of worked wood um because it's rounded on the edges wear and tear is not going to round those edges quite like nope. that nope. not so evenly um so that's a piece of planking from something um so it's it's it, you know it is uh and again we kind of talked about this we we've mentioned it before we kind of talked about it in the pre-show about the fact that what you i think colin you guys you and tom were talking about all the boats and wrecks and things around the area and the wood floating around mm -hmm. there'd be one or two door wooden dories throughout mahone bay mm -hmm. yeah it's amazing what washes up on the shore anywhere's in the maritime atlantic provinces when you get a nor'easter blow through right and and i mean you you, you talk with uh wanted to say ship yeah <laughs> it's a ship I mean, it, and to me, this is part of a ship. Now, is it a piece of ship that's in the swamp and covered and buried? Hopefully. But again, as, as Tom and Colin just indicated, you know, and this would be a good question for, for uh, Karen Public Cover, who is always walking the beaches and looking for the sea glass. Um, you know, if, if do you find pieces of wood quite frequently when you're out walking the beaches? I mean, you guys want to imagine. Stuff will get preserved in the swamp. I mean, that's it's a good collection yep. area, and I'm sure over the years, because I think we all could agree there was you know lots of farming activities on the go there. There was mm -hmm. military mm -hmm. activities on the go there. There was maybe some Portuguese activities on the go many years ago. Mm -hmm. you know, and how did they access it? It was only up till late that there was actually a causeway. I mean, it was an yeah. island, so everyone had to come and go by boat and. Yep. I don't think in the 1600s they were going in an aluminum boat. It was probably a wooden boat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And they're gonna they're gonna need repairs. They're gonna need they're gonna have damage that day, you know, that pieces of wood are gonna be floating around. And mm -hmm. as you said, this swamp is known for its ability to preserve uh down there in the muck. Uh it preserves this wood and makes it last a lot longer than a piece of wood that would be sitting on a beach getting, you know the constant uh, salt water, uh, you know, being attacking it and all that, it's not going to mm -hmm. last near as long. No. Well, that's when you see Gary in the early season. What's the first thing he does every season? The guys are down on the beaches after the winter time. Everything's been churned up and moved yep. through. And, yep. and hence where they found the Iron Cross and so forth. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, this was another piece of planking they found. This one was pretty cool. I tried to get a good 
picture of it. And it was hard because they kept moving it around so much, but it was kind of uh, concave across where his thumb is on the top here. I'm pointing over here like you guys can see that. Uh, the, where his thumb is right here on the top, this whole section was kind of concave. So mm. it was kind of bowed a little bit, which was, again, indication of man working uh, a piece of, of, uh, of wood. But again, is it, you know, it, it, it leads you to believe there is a ship uh, down there somewhere. But again, could it have floated in? Yes. But Jeff, if you think about it, and I'm looking at all these, we've seen so many different pieces of ships. I, you know, it's almost like it's a ship repair place because I don't think all the pieces fit together in, in like a the same type of ship. I think these are multiple types of ships. It would seem because we're getting such a diverse, mm-hmm. you know, uh, variety of, of ship parts. Mm-hmm. Well, the pine tar kilns that were 100%, you know, that stuff was uh, Laird Niven and the team yep. picked up on. And what was that part of? That's doing ship repairs. And it wouldn't have been uncommon as, you know, several boats are coming up and one gets damaged. What are they mm-hmm. going to do? They're going to take it apart, take pieces of it, reclaim yep. it, fix up one of their other boats. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it is a military vessel or it's just a, you know, merchant vessel fishing and so forth back in the day. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we know, and they've, they've made it very well known on there that, there has, I mean, it, it, they're in very good indication that there was some ship repair going on, or boat repair going on. Had to have been. Had to, Had have, to have been. been. Had to have been. Exactly. Because they, they dated, um, I'll say, wooden ship planks. I mean, wasn't one of them a few, well, several episodes now, I guess, they were saying it was from like around 1,000 or 1,000 or 1,100 AD, mm-hmm. like Viking time era. Mm-hmm. And then up to even recently to, you know, the 14, 1500. So mm. clearly a lot of layers of activity that are going on there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and wooden ships was really it, even up until recently. I mean, mm-hmm. the Blue Nose wasn't that long ago. That was a wooden Yeah. Nose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That, was, that was one that Alessandra and I were talking about. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, this was uh, from Karen. Karen Public Cover put this up. She said, all different sizes and shapes. When I mentioned about do you find wood on the beaches quite a bit because she's always out there. Uh, there is a really long plank washed up over uh, near Lot 25 right now. Mm. Interesting. Um, yeah. Toss it up in the when you're <laughs> yeah. toss it up into the woods so that it doesn't float back in the ocean and they can find it next year <laughs> and get a look at that. They might We might see that show up on the show. Interesting. So thank you, Karen, for uh, for answering my question there. I, I kind of had a feeling that you would know because you're always walking the beaches looking for uh, your sea glass. So mm-hmm. I figured you'd find lots of pieces of wood. So we know they're out there. We know they're floating around. Mm-hmm. Those barrel pieces uh, from kegs could be the same thing, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, this, oh, I uh, considered shipping, wash up after. See, that's what, uh, yeah, that's what uh, Jim Barlow said here. Um, same thing, yeah, washed up after storms. After the road was built, yep, uh, or before the road was built, yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then it got caught up in there in the swamp, and it just in the muck. There, over the there, years. there would literally be thousands of boat or shipwrecks in along that coast mm-hmm. of islands. It's a it's a very very crazy spot to get in and out of. I mean, unless you got mm-hmm. some electronics, which back in the day of wooden sailing ships, there was no mm-hmm. electronics, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, to get navigate yourself in from the outer islands, like Tancook, can get yourself in the inner islands on uh, Oak Island. It's tricky. It's a tricky spot to get around. Yep. And even if the road was much lower, 
to the water line back then, and you had a significant storm blow through. Yeah. A, a oh, small yeah. road, a small road along the shoreline is not going to stop things from washing. Mm -mm. No, no. no. No, who was it? It was talking about those big boulders that were up yeah. by the, by the bar. Up telling the, telling uh, you, you the, were the restaurant. You were talking yeah, about the Island View restaurant. They had yep. these huge, giant, you know, six, seven foot diameter boulders from uh, one of the big storms that rolled up in the side of the uh, the building. If you go down there now, I think it's the other day, I think I was taking some pictures and uh, they got all the windows on the water side all boarded up to try to protect against mm. uh, yeah. blocks and storms. Or well, you would think they'd probably do that every year. Oh, yeah. Go yeah. ahead, John. I'm sorry. Colin, you occasionally get a hurricane or a nor'easter blow up that way, correct? Yep. We got and a big really... nor'easter coming this Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Get ready for that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Sharon said this here. I would think that some of the ma uh, magnificent vessels would have some detailed carvings within the ship itself. Uh, I wish they uh, would find a carving. Yeah, <laughs> that would be okay, from nice. the front of the show. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool if they found something like that? Oh my goodness, that would really, mm, uh, mm. that would really be cool. You know, you see some of those old ships that had like the the, the woman on the front or on the bow or yep. something mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm. that. That would be awesome. Um, anyway, yeah, if they find something or just something with some intricate carving and it, it preserved it in the muck. Um, one of the other pieces that they found in there was this little bad boy right here, um, which you know. Um, you know, somebody had talked about, you know, maybe being a belaying pin. Uh, John Edwards and I had a show. We were talking about the mm -hmm. belaying pin that was found previously. Um, uh, I think it was one of the IDKs or one of, you know, yeah. one of the other shows we were doing. Well, this is a little small, in my opinion, for a belaying pin. Um, and th that's a belaying pin. Those are pretty, pretty big. Um, they're actually, what, about a, over a foot long. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, no, you think that, that rope that's wrapped around them is probably an inch thick. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, those are those are uh, pretty, pretty hefty uh, pins. Um, uh, then, this, this was another piece of wood that they found that we'll get a look at here. We're going to head over next over to the war room uh, where they brought some of the pieces that they found. Uh, and this mm. was that one there. Um, and this was an interesting piece. Um, you know, it looked like, and of course, we weren't holding this in, in our hands. Mm -hmm. um, it did look like this area right here underneath the lip did have rope wear marks on it. What do you guys think? It could be. Could be. It could looks be. like it. It's been smoothed off by something. It's. It's. There's definitely a groove there of some sort. Yeah, definitely a groove. Mm -hmm. uh, whoop, let me jump back. So I had those two pictures there, but you can see. There's just right in here. You can just yep, see the, where it's been worn. worn differently than this. Yes. You can see this wear area right here underneath mm. that lip. And also this notch. I mean, it's obviously been worked by mankind. There's, there's mm. no doubt about that mm -hmm. because of the notch, if nothing else, tells you that it is. Um, but could that, be, could that be half of a wooden pulley, maybe? The center of yeah. a wooden pulley? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Well, definitely could be. Mm. It's it's fun to kind of speculate what it would have been, uh, what or what it was from initially. But uh, again, an interesting find, for sure. And mm -hmm. then of course that's the pin. Now this was kind of cool because Tom had sent over these pictures of. Now we were saying, oh, this is way too small to be a belaying pin, um, but then Tom sent over these pictures, and here, uh, lo and behold, we got this rowboat. Oh. If we zoom in, what do we see right here? 
And right here. Um, so hmm. I've got another picture. Uh, I've got all these. In. There we go. Right there. Wow. And that's what Samuel Ball and all the farmers and, and even as the British and stuff were camping, they would have had the larger ships offshore and they would have been right. coming in ashore with this yep. stuff. And yep, yep. Exactly right. They would have used that. They didn't have the causeway back then. That was put in by Dunfield in the 60s. So they would have used something else, yeah. a, a mm -hmm. smaller boat to get back and forth from the mainland out to their island, yep. to their island home. And so that that pin, which I think you called this, uh, what was it again, Tom? Uh, that that would be part of an orlock. We would call orlock. It. Yes, yeah. part of an orlock. Now here they had they had two um, on the other one, mm -hmm. so the oar would go in between the two. I'm assuming. Yeah. And so when you're when you're back paddling or when you're pulling the oars, it it gives you a leverage point to get more power out of the right out of the oar. Right. Mm. Exactly. Which is the same thing that the metal. There's a metal one in this picture. Whoops. Yeah, it's a metal one in the previous. There's picture. a metal one right here. Okay, so that would be a metal uh, or lock, mm -hmm. and that would be way you got your you got your two sides of the hook here to get your yep. leverage on. Yep. Yep. Um, and it would roll with you. This one is just a wooden one, and you see the wear marks on that, um, and then of course the rope to keep it, uh, you know, so it doesn't keep you know flopping off when you're doing your rowing. Cool. And then the leather, of course, to protect the wood uh, on the actual ore itself. So that's more likely what this is, I would think. I think that's a great catch, Tom. And I, and I appreciate uh, the fact that you pulled that because that's more likely what this is. That's what it looks like to me, but, you know, it, it, could, hmm. be a pin, it could be a pin for many purposes, but that could right. definitely be one of them. Right. Yep. So someone made a good comment there about the old timers telling me they could walk to the island on very low tide. Really? Hmm. That's interesting. That would be very. That, that, is, that was. Uh, yeah. Let's see who said that. I'll try to find it here. Uh, that was Karen Public Cover. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That'd be. I, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Uh, Janet said, uh, "Let's see if I can find yours over here, Janet." Um. Oh, here it is. Here. Uh, my dad had really old saws. Uh, would carve handles on them. Looked very similar to that. Hmm. So, yeah, but you see how it's tapered down here, and then it has a definite change in size right here. Mm -hmm. So, interesting. Hmm. Yep. Okay, so, um, yeah, so interesting stuff that they found there. And, and again, thanks, Tom, for, for, and that's what I, that's what I, that's why I like having you guys on the show and everything, because you add so much to it. It really uh, makes it so much better for, for everybody with your insights. Um, now we get into the portion where we're going to kind of spend a, we're going to go down a little rabbit hole here a little bit, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I'll talk a little bit about what was on the show and then we're all four of us are going to kind of elaborate on this a little bit. I would think this is the portion where they started talking about initially they got the guys in the war room and they were talking about these two stone, I'm going to call them cannonballs shot, you know, uh, rock shots. Mm -hmm. um, the artifact number 348 that was found on the wash table, I believe this was found actually by the treasure hunter um, Michael John. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he found this one, uh, if I remember correctly. And then this one here is the one that Gary found back in last summer, uh, walking along with Rick Lagina when they were metal detecting. He looked down on the ground, and there it was laying there in on the ground. Um, and so Gary found this one. 
they they uh, said, you know, obviously you can see with the ruler there, they were similar in size. Uh, one looks like it's a little rough, like it may have been used, and the other one looked like it's maybe had not been shot. I don't know. Again, I, I don't. Um, they, I don't know if they ever tested to see if there was any gunpowder or anything like that found on them, um, any residue or anything like that. But very similar in size. And what's interesting about this is that it, uh, again, there we got 2019 and 2021. Um, oh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, I'm over here talking about the picture. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are supposed to help me. We know what you meant. We know what you meant. There you go, Jeff. I got, I got Jan jumping over going, you don't have any pictures up, Jeff. Oh, mm. hello. All right. So here we go. Let me start that over again. Okay. So the shot, the rock shots, and there they mm -hmm, are there. Mm -hmm, there are the two mm -hmm. artifacts. This one found by uh, on the money on the wash table, and this one found by Gary this year. Now, mm. what was interesting about these was that uh, the a gentleman by the name, and I'm, I hope I get his last name right, Doctor Robert Rayside, uh, analyzed the stones and determined that they could uh, possibly have originated from the Azores, a group of mm. islands in Portugal. Now. Uh, and also, they talked about Portuguese being the first ones to have used deck guns or deck cannons or rail cannons that were mounted on the actual rail of the ship, uh, the handrail around the edge. Some were used to actually probably shoot at other ships because they're not going to do a lot of damage with those little those uh, those that size of a shot. Um, but also, um, you know, maybe shooting at the island or something. I don't know. Uh, but the first ones that were known to have used like a rail gun or a deck gun uh, at that time. Now, this brings up, uh, Doug further explains that the stone shots were during, used during the 1400s to the mid-1600s. Mm. And the discovery of Portuguese stone, stone wharf by Terry DeVoe was is the one that came out and said, and I think, Tom, you uh, talked about that a little bit, too. Yeah. The, they absolutely love to use stones to build roads, right? That's something they've been known for for a long time. And Terry brought that out loud and clear when he was on the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now they got they jumped into this a little bit, talking about the actual um, where Portugal, uh, the Portuguese had gone, um, and you know, for leaving there, and they they came over. They went to they found you know found New um, Britain and also Newfoundland. Uh, they came over. They were they going to those two places. Mm -hmm. um, they also South America and many places in Africa. And this was shown. This was a picture that was on the show last night in Asia and whatnot. What was really cool, I thought, was this here. Um, and they were talking about this. This was. Um, uh, let's see. Let me find this here. So, so North Portuguese. Um, there was a Portuguese explorer. Um, Joa. Alvarez uh, um, Bagundas. Bagundas. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, they talked about him over in, in coming over to Nova Scotia in the 1520 and referred to the area as the land of codfish. Hmm. Um, before we go too deep, much deeper into that, let me just finish up with this real quick here. They showed these ships leaving. They would be have... Uh, they were obviously out looking for treasure. They were looking for gold and silver mm -hmm. and things like mm -hmm. that to bring mm -hmm. back to Portugal to help raise money and have more money in the 
country's coffers, right? Mm -hmm. So on their way back, they were talking about running into storms and right here by the Azores, running into storms along the way and having to turn away from the storm and find safe harbor and then head where's the nearest, you know, a good spot, Nova Scotia. Then we got some maps. But before we get too much deeper into the maps, um, you know, I wanted to take a moment here uh, to talk a little bit about um, Alvarez uh, Fagundes uh, when he visited Nova Scotia in 1520. I guess one of the things that was brought up was, do you think that they were just coming over here because it was a great place to come and fish? Um, I don't know. I think they started off exploring and then it worked into other things. Okay, so we, we're going to go. They were great explorers, right? They were sea, sea traveling. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they, they were looking to see what they could find. And if a good location happened to come up or a safe harbor or whatever, mm -hmm. it was part of what they found. Yeah, could be they found terrific fishing. Could be they found something else. I think for many, many years, I mean, their Portuguese was fishing off, you know, the Grand Banks on Newfoundland, down along mm -hmm. the coast of Nova Scotia. I mean, in, in around the Mahone Bay area is, is unbelievably great fishing. And back in the day, codfish would have been plentiful. So mm. they couldn't just simply catch fish and then take it back to Europe as fresh fish. You know, they would have had to package it, process it, salt it, put it in barrels, pack the ship and, and go back across. Mm -hmm. So they would need you know, landing point, mm -hmm. launching points, be able to to deal the stuff. Because it's not like, you know, you're out catching 10 fish. I mean, these you guys... Have to, yeah, you have to dry it or smoke oh, it or right. something. That's yep. right. Exactly. Because you're going to make that voyage back over. Um, you're going to need your supplies to get you there. Um, right. And hmm. you're going to be, you know, um, looking for, you know, like cabbage from Samuel Ball. Well, that was... <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that a little bit. Um, before we go too much further, I did want to show. Now, this one picture showed back here. You got Cape Breton and Newfoundland. And then, you know, this map that was shown by uh, Doug Crowell was showing this map here. Hmm. And he highlighted certain areas. And one of them was this right here. Now, this, I'm assuming, is our Nova Scotia. Right here is your Cape Breton right here. Okay. Yeah. And then in this particular map, and then also this one was your Newfoundland right here. Yeah. Okay, in the map. And then this one right here. Now, this is the one that, that I found the most intriguing because it says right here, Port de Ref uh, Ref Refuge. Yeah. Okay, so that was now. Now, look at all the little dots in here. And, and this one was one of those ones that I, now this is where I need your expertise for you local guys, Colin or, or Tom. Colin, you and I have talked about this before and the fact that there's all these little islands all over the place out there. For, yeah. I forget how many you said. There was tons of them. Now, if you needed to take refuge someplace, mm -hmm. I mean, Mahone Bay, does that work out to be a great place to do it? Yeah, along there, because, I mean, there's, you know, Halifax and Halifax Harbor is a great point. But as you go further down, there's St. Margaret's Bay, which is pretty open, exposed with Peggy. I mean, anyone that's been local, Peggy's Cove is a pretty exposed spot with St. Margaret's Bay. Mm -hmm. And then you go around the Aspatagat, and then this is where you're at is Mahone Bay is a, you know, probably one of the best protected areas. Because um, once you get on the inner islands like Oak Island, 
you're away from the sea swell and, and so forth. It's calm anchorage, you control it. The tides aren't too crazy because once you mm -hmm. go on the other side of Nova Scotia, Bay of Funday, I'll say more on your side of the world, Tom, the, uh, yeah. the tides get really nuts. So that's not a good spot for no, the sailing ships. And yeah, someone said 365 islands. Yeah, there's some of them are only little rocks po poking out of the water on the tide. But yeah, there's the, they say there's an island for every day of the uh, the year. In the whole world. Hmm. Right yeah. now, if a if a ship was going to take refuge, um, and 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 they we've kind of alluded to this before, but if a ship was going to take refuge and hide from a storm, would Mahone Mahone, Mahone Bay would be a great spot. And yeah. they've talked about the fact of being able to go around behind yeah. between Oak Island and the mainland in Mahone Bay. Now, I have no idea how deep that water is now or how deep it would have been back then. Hmm. But, yeah. but there's enough there's enough water at Anchorage. I mean, on the other side, on the, I guess we'll say the north side, there's Oak Island Marina. There's a pretty good anchorage on that side, depending on which way the, the wind's blowing. Because it gives you a lot of protection against the weather. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shoals and difficulties, so you need to really know how to navigate from the outer islands into the shore. Mm. So, you know, there'd be, you know, back in the day, there's lots of pirates and, you know, different types of merchant marines. Yep. The French, the English, you know, there's always somebody out to get you. So you're always trying to, you know, give yourself a protective spot. You can keep a lookout. If you need to make an escape, you can do it. Mm -hmm. The home bay does, it makes for a really great strategic place to be. Yeah, I think that's, uh, and, and that's a great point. Um, that's a great point when uh, when you think about the fact that they might have had to weather out a storm if they come mm -hmm. around behind there, anchor out. Now they're in a safe harbor for a little while, mm -hmm. and right there is Oak Island. You're looking at Oak Island, and you're like, boy, I mean, you know, you're doing some fishing or whatever. You're a great fishing spot yeah. but to, to take on supplies and things of that nature, but... Um, you're going to remember that, right? Are you going to, are you going to log the fact that, you know? Well, like you said, I think we talked about it earlier, like the, there's clearly a lot of Portuguese influence, even on the stone pathway, you know, back in the day, there was talk about, you know, there's a lot of ice that can come mm -hmm. in on those mm -hmm. islands. So you'd be very seasonal, what you can come in. So I just envision, you know, over the years and almost generations, people would have been working, building the island, buzz around, slipways to get the boats in and out of to land yep. to do yep. boat repairs process you know the fish and, and and different things are catching harvesting wood and so forth and bringing all that product back with mm. them kind of make that seasonal round yeah and if it was that seasonal and they were there and they found themselves trapped over the winter you're going to want a slipway to get your boat out of the water that's oh right. yeah great that's point right. that's a great point yeah. And we know that Terry was talking about, you were talking about that earlier, Tom, about Terry DeVoe and what he was mm -hmm. mentioning about the, the, the stone pathway. Yeah, the stone pathways, uh, very commonly used. Uh, mm. in, in, in my opinion, if it turns out to be a stone pathway on the top of the hill leading down towards the money pit, um, that's a very good chance that the Portuguese were up there. Mm. They were famous for, for building things out of stone. And if it had been any later than 1750, it probably would have been a corduroy road made of wood. Yeah. So you so you'd have found corduroy, you'd have found logs laying up there to make a path, not a road. Right. Because I'm a big believer. I mean, this was years and years in the making. I mean, they're seeing it because the from the stone pathway and and um, oh, Doctor Spooner, you know, they're doing their sample, saying 
you know, 1,400-ish, you know, and they're doing stuff, and then it ranges from 14 to 15 to 16 to 1,700. I mean, this is mm-hmm. hundreds of years of activity that's going on this island. So even from the Stone Pathway, it would have been, you know, a couple hundred years before, even if there was a depositor made, mm-hmm. you know, how do they know about it and transfers of information? I mean, John, you were talking about the... Um, you know, the connection between the Portuguese Templars and mm-hmm. it all really seems to tie, it does tie together. It, it does. It all ties together, of course. Uh, Jeff, can we bring that map back up again, please? Yep. yep. And and I'll depend on Tom and Colin. Right. Um, yeah, can you zoom in and you see it's uh, Nova Francais, it's, it's New France. Mm-hmm. That's the title of it. And then you see where that peninsula is right there. Yes, right there. Um, Colin or Tom, is that the peninsula that sits slightly south of Halifax? Mm. Where would Halifax sit on this? Halifax would be to the right of Mahone Bay. So, so we're definitely saying that the the um, red area is Mahone Bay. Is that what we're saying? That, that's what Doug was saying. Yeah. Okay. Just because of all the islands dotted that's in what I would say. Port of yeah, and, and I'm saying that peninsula. I I have I've seen that. I have a similar map. With you know an old map with 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 that exact you know shape um, for where Halifax is, and um, what? I, I believe that peninsula is Halifax, or Halifax would be slightly north of that peninsula. Yeah. I mean, I always use the Halifax Peninsula to figure out where things are in relation to one another. Right. And remember, this map was made a long time ago, and correct, you know, yeah. it's not going to be perfect. Uh, map makers, oh, no, 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 not at all. No, I'm just not. curious because that's that's always you know the staple for me is yeah. where is that peninsula on these maps? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely not the scale, but to me, I think I agree with Doug. I think showing that number of islands in one spot, it's got to be Mahone Bay. Yeah. I don't know of any place else down there. That's Mahone Bay. The next one, there's the next a lot of islands in one is, spot. Uh, is Lunenburg Harbor, the next yeah. one over is. Okay. Kind of, I'll say Riverport goes up in the Lahave River area. Gotcha. Okay. Because it would have had to been a lot of islands there for them to take time to make note of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Mm. And it looks well protected. I mean, it I don't. Does. I know that's not to scale and it's not exact, no. but I mean, is Mahone Bay does kind of have a, a protection to it, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Hmm. Someone mentioned like Peggy's Cove area, like St. Mark's Bay. It's typically, it's exceptionally foggy. It's a much more exposed. It's hard to navigate. Yes, that's true. Once you get inside an Oak Island and Chester Basin, that area where we are, it's pretty rare you ever get fogged in. It does happen. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, But it typically stays pretty clear. It's a pretty, it's a, it's fairly amazing spot. It's unique, Mm -hmm. unique to Mm -hmm. the coast. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, uh, Kay, uh, Kat Fulton said that, uh, he said, <laughs> Kate Brenton's a bit wonky. Yeah. I think you're all, a bit wonky, <laughs> yeah. quite honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Newfoundland might be a bit close, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fine. Mm-hmm. But, so, you know, given the time and given the instruments and tools they had available to them, fair enough. I mean, you know, good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm kind of curious what this, this line going around the bottom here is. I don't, can't read what that says, but uh, anyway, but so, so, so go ahead, uh, John. I know you got a lot of information that you'd like to share with us. Well, uh, if, you, if you could bring that up, Jeff, I, I just found as we were talking a little uh, thing, something that I think is very pertinent to the. Uh, oh, did you the, send um, it to me? 
No, no, no. But oh, uh, okay. if you could bring up the um, the uh, document okay. I sent you earlier. Yep. All right. Let me go back to. And I'm going to go back to talking about the uh, the stone um, stone munitions that we just saw, which Ooh. was supposedly made in the Azores. So um, that's interesting, Jeff, because the Azores were actually founded or discovered in 1427. So when you bring that up um, by one of uh, Henry, the navigators um, uh, captains and there's Henry, the navigator. So it was founded in 1427. And according to this, the Portuguese colonized the Azores in 1430. So Henry, the navigator sponsored all sorts of navigators out there, you know, to, to, basically claim and look for things for, for Portugal. Um, what's interesting about Prince uh, Henry of Portugal, Henry the Navigator, is he was also responsible for um, reinstituting the uh, Portuguese Knights uh, Templar, which were known as the Order of Christ. I know Jack Campbell talks about this all the time, so shout out to Jack. Yep. Um, when he was instituted in 1420 um, as the governor, which it was the Grand Master, he was the Grand Master of the Order of Christ in Portugal, which, as we've discussed numerous times, is the rebranding of the Knights Templar themselves. Right. 1307 done, 1312, 13, Trial of the Templars. It gets rebranded. Now you have Henry the Navigator, who is a Grand Master in a, of the Christ, uh, Order of Christ in Portugal, sending all these ships out to explore. Now, some of it was official government business, but I'm not ruling out that some of it might have been um, Order of Christ business, you know, and, you know, the Templars were a very secretive organization. The Order of Christ, if it's commiserate at all with the Templars, would have been a secret organization as well, possibly. It ties in awfully nicely between who has the technology to do a lot of the construction and building and tunneling and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. who would have known where to go you know clearly it was a setup area over a span of years like no one just showed up and built the road and built this dug a hole and did all i mean this would have been mm -hmm. years and years and years in the making and who would have had it mapped out who would be able to navigate it and keep navigating back to it over and over again right you know mm -hmm. all arrows point to templars templars or Portuguese, and so then you have Portuguese, the remnants of the uh, the refugees of the Templar Order, as uh, you know, the Order of Christ in Portugal. Right. And you're right, Colin. To your point, it all starts to to make sense to me, because mm -hmm. then all the symbolism, all the rituals, everything we're seeing on Oak Island, um, which is again uh, makes its way into Rosicrucianism at some point, and then Masonry, Freemasonry, Cistercians, obviously, uh, it's the same line of thought. Mm -hmm. So we see it, and I think a lot of people may confuse Templar for Masonic or Templar for Rosicrucian. Right. And it's always where in that timeline are the symbols and the rituals and things, that sort of things that we're yeah. finding on Oak Island. Mm -hmm. You have the artifacts. So this fits nicely into that puzzle right now. Mm -hmm. If we're saying, hey, the Templars are now, re or the Order of Christ is reestablished in Portugal, um, you know what's going on there. Um, I just find it fascinating. So, so question uh, for you, John. So these guys, so him as a Knights Templar and Order of Christ in Portugal, would they be flying the same flag? 
Well, it's funny. I, I do have, I'm not sure, Jeff, if we can go down. I did yep. take a, 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 a Caravel, which is one of the ships that, you know, he would have used, Henry the Navigator. Um, if we look at that, it's very similar, isn't it, Colin? Is there any say, and then we tie into the Mi'kmaq people mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the symbology with, you know, clear that Henry Sinclair was certainly here. And you know, yep. these would have been multiple visits over the years and building infrastructure and getting things set up and hence when they say you know was it uh pre you know pre-searcher pre-money pit you know how does it fall within the timeline um yeah. i think that the oak island and the surrounding area was a home base mm -hmm. in doing it i think as time went on they needed to make a deposit of something more serious Mm -hmm. Where they go, they would have yep. already known. They would have already had the navigational aids and everything set up to get there. Yep, they would have had some basic infrastructure already on the island to land boats, people, heavy equipment, and so forth. Uh, do ship repairs and all the things that have, have been unearthed on uh, Oak Island over the last couple of seasons. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to Colin's point, this this would have been a known safe place to mm -hmm. certain groups of people. Right. So if, if we take and John, you're the expert here on 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 uh, timelines, dates and history. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll bow to your greatness on this one. But what if we say we fast forward 150 years from 1440 mm -hmm. to someone who might have significant influence with the people in Portugal, whether they be Templars, Rosicrucians, Freemasons, whatever you want to call them. Yes. And this certain person was in England and had need to bury a piece of parchment paper 180 feet in the ground. Tom, who are we suggesting, Tom? Yes, who are we suggesting, Tom? I don't know. We could check with Jake Roberts on that one. Making my hair stand up on end here. No, that makes So, Tom, this person that you're describing, do they have Portuguese, you know, relations, ties of any type? They they would have definite ties with the Portuguese that would give them significant enough influence to make use of their naval assets. Hmm. Does any, I'm, I'm curious, does anyone know who Tom's talking about in our viewership? <laughs> ah, look at that. Which Bacon would have had all those ties that Tom's describing. Yeah. Every, every yeah. one of them. And, and so now you're showing a, a lineage, a line of thought. That, okay, here's that, a good question. Yeah. Henry the Navigator of the Order of, uh, uh, Grand Master of the Order of Christ in Portugal, Portuguese Templar refugees, were they being persecuted by the Catholic Church too? What, the, the, uh, the Order of Christ? It was, mm -hmm. it was redefined. And, you know, the old saying is, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think there was some, you know, other things going on there, um, certainly. But the line of thought is is consistent mm -hmm. and, it, and it explains quite a bit. If, if any of this line of thought would be. <laughs> <laughs> no, there it is, Tom. I'm yeah. taking it again. Yeah. But it, it makes perfect sense. And, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's a possibility, right? And until such yeah. time as we see, the, you know, as they say, that one thing that rules it out or rules it in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it? Is it logical? Is it po it's possible. It's possible. But did it actually happen? I mean, nobody knows. We, we can't prove anything yet. No, it's, it's certainly a rabbit hole. But, you know, a, a lot of times, the, you know, the orders would, let's say they were, uh, you know, aligned with the Vatican. It doesn't mean they were always doing the Vatican's bidding. A lot of those orders 
secretly did other things. The Vatican mm-hmm. happened to be stake horsing certain things like exploration or whatever because the Vatican's, you know, vast wealth. Right. And, you know, this also and happened. And influence and power. And influence and power. So, you know, you, you would you would do it subversively. You would do it in secret. And that's the whole point of the secret society. And they would you pass a, a, a location, a secret safe location like that would be passed down within their own group. I, I, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of esoterica that's passed down, you know, the, the, the teachings of Ascendant Master and other things that, you know, um, Jake Roberts and I have discussed um, when Ghost of Bacon where there's certain teachings that would be passed down, but also I believe there would be certain locations um, that were important to the Templars that would be passed down to the same organizations. It's a diffusion of knowledge. It just goes generationally. You know, it's passed down from teacher to student or in family histories, you know, nobilities, noble houses of France or noble houses of Portugal or noble houses of England. Um, same same thing, Tom. And, and you're, you're spot on with that observation. It's, it's exactly right. Because there's markings along the coast, um, you know, remember the uh, big boulder down, I think it's down in Yarmouth uh, County. Overton Stone. Mm-hmm. The Overton Stone. Uh, Overton Stone. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's one of several different places. So, I mean, again, as time and different, I don't know what you want to call it, um, periods as these different explorers are coming here and marking and, and hence setting in the whole, the rocks and Nolan's Cross and, there's a lot of lot of meaning to set forth the next generation or the next expedition that's coming mm-hmm. uh, in the following years because one year to the next, you know. It... And it doesn't mean either that that spot was used exclusively by someone like Francis Bacon. No. True. Right. True. Right. It could be, you know, 100 years later or 100 years before it was used by somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, and we know not every voyage was being documented. I mean, Francis Drake, I believe, uh, goes uh, Outer Banks up to Nova Scotia, back to Queen Elizabeth, and then suddenly all his his records are sealed. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what what why was he in the Nova Scotia area? No one knows. You know, so there's and not everything. You know, if you're Templar in your secret society, Order of Christ, you might not. You know, you're you're wealthy. You're vastly wealthy. You might not make records of where you're going and you know i think there was a lot of that i don't think every voyage had a record yeah and, and years, purposely it, hmm? it was a, a known spot for place you know captain kid and and several sure. other you know merchants and pirates and so forth i mean these guys would have been yep intimately um educated i guess on the on the area map and where are the places to go and where's the places to be and where can you land and not land and Mm-hmm. And clearly there was long-lasting infrastructure on that island. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, they're finding absolutely. it now. So, yeah, absolutely. But but if you're going to hide something, you hide it within the uh, – it's like a shell game. The treasure is under this shell, but you have, what, 356 islands, 400 islands in the area, Colin? I mean, yeah. you know. And there, and there could be more than one stash point on the same island, right? Exactly. Exactly. And Which, there could be, maybe ahead, be Jeff. more than one island used as a stash point. Yep. I think I need to go dig in my backyard. <laughs> Not without a permit, well, young man. Yeah, well, yeah. It, 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 it's funny, yeah. Jeff, because on Xena's map, right, yes. there there yes. are more than one island being indicated. There's the, it was yes. the, the, you know, and so yeah. why? It is the 1347, right? Um, and, you know, the 1347 does, does groove with uh, Henry the Navigator and Portuguese exploration. Yeah. You know, right, right in there, and you know, we know the Order of Christ is alive and kicking. Yeah, and I, they, and even the Oak Island absolutely. group, 
was doing research on some of the other surrounding on Apple Island and Squid Island and, and around the Correct. area. And there's there's a lot of landing points. There's a lot of great spots for to hide things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you would you would want that bit of confusion, you know, with so many choices, you know, you would know have to know exactly where you were going and you would have to know exactly the symbolism that is on that island. Yep. So, yep. Such as the um, you know, the, the marine quadrant, the, which I think is the you know the, the triangle. And you know, the way that curves just perfectly, it is uh, pointing to the pole star, Polaris, yep. which is used for navigation. That that marine sextant it to me is the stone triangle. And it, it matches perfectly with how one would find the pole star. Yep. Um, you know, so I, there's so much there. But if you land on Oak Island and you're a member of the club, and we've talked about this, whether it be Masonic, Rosicrucian, whatever, and you see the symbols, you'll know you're in the right place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? and, and, and land-based markers is a very common for, I mean, nowadays we're using GPS and electronics and so forth, but mm-hmm. not that long ago, it was a lot of <laughs> land-based markers as yes. you were coming into the islands and navigating around, you come around the peninsula, there would be man-made markers on the islands, on the shores to know which way to yep. head, right? Yeah, much more permanent uh, than a pile of rocks. Absolutely. You know, what would be kind of interesting, too, is that, and, and again, if you're not from this particular area, which I'm not, um, but as you just mentioned, would would some of the, and I don't know the path, there's so many islands out there, but would there maybe be something we said the uh, an island of oaks that was brought up many times an island of, of oaks so they're going to look for those canopy oak trees to yes. say okay this is the one but on the other islands wouldn't there be maybe some sort of a signpost to say you know this way that way to guide you back to find it i don't know you're not going to see those island of oaks from way out you're going to have to be in there pretty close i don't know you know, you're gonna have to have some waypoints or whatever to find your way to exactly it. waypoints to tell you yep this way oh no go this way and then make your way back to the back and then all of a sudden ah there's the island of oaks that's the one well, but as well, and, yeah go ahead i'm sorry well go ahead Jeff. no i was just going to mention this here the map uh you know talking about some of the other islands that could very well have something going on here is xena's map and here is which island is this again colin uh frog island Okay, why do they have this underlined and pointing at this point on Frog Island? Now, is that two islands? Is there actually two there? No, not now. I mean, okay, maybe back then when the water levels were lower, but there is like that is that island is privately owned, and right now there's a like where that little arrow goes in. There's a little cove, and there's a a, a wharf, so it's kind of a a good anchorage on the inside of that island on Frog Island, right? the front of it now the person that owns it has reinforced all around so you can see a lot of it had eroded mm-hmm. so possibly there was another piece to that front you know on the bottom end of the map right that just had had eroded over the years that's not out of the realm but yeah see this is what intrigues me is that it says they call it the 1347 map because this says you know 1000 347 or whatever i don't read french but that's i think that's it's not one three you know four seven it's Mm -hmm. 1300 or something like that but why is it underlined and why is it pointing at a particular point on an island that can't be by accident all these other things are pointing at something on these islands they all got that little zigzag 
You see that little zigzag, zip, zip, and it's pointing at something. Zip, zip. Here's one right here. Zip, zip, and it's pointing over here. This will tell you, like, when you go on the south side of the island into what we call, like, Western Shore, Burton's River and and uh, Indian Point, man, mm-hmm. it is a minefield. Like, it is it is shoals and rocks and things. It looks like it's a big, wide-open expanse of water. Mm-hmm. It's not. Like, you wow. know, you'll get yourself racked up going through there. If you're not familiar with the uh, area or, or have, you know, some navigational tools to get in and around. But it's a, it's a tricky spot. To everyone's point, I think there would have to be other markers, you know, um, to Oak Island. I mean, you have other stone markers that we the Oak Islands discussed before. Mm-hmm. Have, I think there's yeah. a ship stone, Jeff, if that's not, is that not correct? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, and yes. you have the Narragansett, Narragansett rune stone, which I'm not saying it's alleged, you know, to be authentic, but you know, you have that, you have the pond stones, there are other stones and there are other places that point to the Oak Island area. Now those are markers, you know, and you have the Ovington stone with the Ovington stone. I've actually seen it. I've been up to it, you know, and walked and I went, you know, since it's, you have to kind of go there because it's private property around the shoreline and up um, Mm -hmm. is how you get there. And um, it's, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's about a mile hike, I would say. Colin, would you say that's about right for Overton Stone? About a mile yeah. out there. Yeah. But it's a, it's a rock outcropping just in the middle of nowhere. But if you're viewing it from the a boat, it's quite visible. I mean, it's the, the highest peak in that area. Yeah. So it's a you marker. Know, it's a marker. Yeah. So you have numerous markers. Yep. But and everyone sees them as differently. But they're all actually marking the same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, there's another someone put a note about rememberability story about the other island, um, the one oh, with Stone Road cool. on it too. They've yeah. referenced that quite a few times. It's called Colby's Island. Um, hmm. There's Colby's Island. There's another island right beside it called Backman's Island. They're a pretty popular spot for camping. Hmm. Maybe a couple of parties might happen out there. I don't know. And uh, but Colby's Island it was kind of like the a similar mirror image to Oak Island, except it's tilted. And apparently it has some 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 type of structured stone wow. uh, road on it as well. Mm. See, and that's why I'm wondering if this is not the only place. You know, a, 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 this, Marty Lagina had made a comment uh, just in a, in a, I think it was last week's show or the week before last, because last week was a drilling down. But he made a comment about if you took any of these other islands and you and you scrutinized it and dug and metal detected and searched it like they have this, yep, island, yep. would you find the level of artifacts no. on those that they find on Oak Island? I my gut tells me no, that's not gonna you're not gonna find those. You might find some, but again, you know, like the Overton Stone. The Overton Stone, and, the, and I know Terry DeVoe was up there showing the Overton Stone. And we're going to, and Terry's going to be on the show here with us next month. Um, and he's going to go, we're going to talk about all of this stuff, uh, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we're going to dig into the Templars and mm-hmm. we're going to dig into the Portuguese real deep. But that, those, that the port, he thinks that that, that the rose, the cross that's on there is a, is a, is a, tem, or a, a, a Portuguese cross, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And then there's the was it a tobacco leaf? Yeah. And then yep. um, something that um, there was a feather. I forget what a I feather and, and and the crescent moon and a crescent moon. So was that, in your opinion? Now I think he was alluding, or somebody was alluding to the fact that it was maybe a to mark 
the meeting of the First Nations people oh, and two cultures. Yes, two cultures together. And this was significant of that. It was showing the two meeting together and coming to, you know, not, not an agreement is not what I'm looking for, but a, a meeting of the two together. So if that is the case and it's true, and I, I have a tendency to, to believe Terry on that, that too could be a marker for others that come to other Portuguese that come and go, oh, look, you know, they've already made contact with the First Nations people here. Hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, Oak Island, like in Gold River, I think it's going to be like with that Mi'kmaq pottery that they'd found on the island. Mm -hmm. be very interesting to find out the dates and times and when that comes. Because like we all can agree, like people were coming and going over the years, but who was always there all the time? The First Nation people. Mi'kmaq. First Nation people there. Mm -hmm. And Gold River, which is, you know, I'll say a stone's throw. It's a little bit of a height, but not very far. Um, it was a very well-known summer summering spot for the First Nations people, and people would have been out around Oak Island and fishing mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. dealing stuff. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine these big ships are coming in from Europeans, they're landing, they're doing work, they're doing stuff, and then they're leaving for the winter. And then some you know, come back and they don't. Who was always there watching the stuff? Who was always interacting? Mm. It'd be interesting to see that those ties. And to your point on that Overton Stone and was that a marker that you know this is a safe spot or sure, sure. Mm -hmm. well john wasn't that a common practice for when say people from europe were over here exploring lands claiming lands they would leave some form of a stone marker well, absolutely mark, mark mark a stone in some way there was a, a, a some kind of a land claim or or some kind of communication um you have to remember so many people were illiterate back then so you would use symbols or or pictures would be just it would be very appropriate um, mm -hmm. So you're right on point with that. Mm -hmm. And so you would see that you you come in and see the it's Portuguese. So you would know it's friendly territory if you were Portuguese. And then you would see something like that. You, you would get it just for it's it's friendly territory. It's friendly land. And, and you're, you're spot on with that, Tom. Mm -hmm. And that was that was very typical. Yeah, there's um there's a lot of good stuff coming in here on this, and uh, and uh, folks no. are coming up with some great, you know, like as the Overton Stone, you know, it was mentioned here. I have not seen it other than on the show, but it does look like it is up on a rise mm -hmm. on the beach. And as you mentioned, the thing of it is so big. Where else? It's like a what did I call it? A a tag a, a tagger's wall. You know, it's going to be a place where it's going to stand out and a tagger, you know, we got people that mm -hmm. like to find a piece of wall and they paint spray paint on it. They tag those walls. It's going to be a taggers wall to incoming ships. Here's a big stone check here for some kind of a sign. Mm -hmm. and, and Jeff, I, you say it's on the beach. It is actually elevated from the beach, you, the beach. And then you go up uh, right, right. It's rocks and then maybe yeah. overlook a couple hundred feet. And then it's just, it's, you can see it from, I mean, when you pull up to, to walk the beach, you can uh -huh. see it from a mile down. I mean, it's, it's, you can see it from that far out and yeah, it's so, clear. So if yep. you were coming into that area, mm -hmm. you would see it and you would go see if anybody is marked it. Right. Exactly. That, that yep. was the point I was going at. Yeah. So yeah. And just like this, uh, Laura said a beacon, it's going to be a beacon of some sort. Mm -hmm. sure. um, yeah. And then uh, let's see the Overton stone. Yeah. This was uh, Anne Marie. The Overton stone is a great marker because it's white on the stone and stone on a hill near the beach. Yep. Yep. 
I got to go see that. It's one of the points you got to, you got to take me over there, Colin, when I, when I come to uh, Nova Scotia this year. It's a little bit of a hike from Oak Island. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. Yeah, I heard, but it, it, yeah. it, it's on <laughs> private property too, right? So you have to be. You have to go down. On private property? Yeah, there are signs. So you have to go down and around and then up. Okay. But you are allowed to go over and see it? As far as I know. There was nothing okay. that, you know, when you're down on the beach, there was nothing that said you couldn't. So. Yeah. But uh, um, it's it's interesting, and you know, it, those type of markers, you have to think the canopy trees were markers, the Overton stone was a marker, and it's all elevated, so you can see it from ships. That's the point of the marker, so you can see it from with a you know a couple miles away. So another thing too that have to pass down is some of these places you can only approach on a certain tide, right? Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you try to go into certain places at a low tide, you're not going to make it. Right. Yeah, there was a, I, I was trying to find, I've got a picture, see if I can find it now. I have a picture of, oh, where is it now? It was a, it was a picture that was shown of the, um, the canopy oaks. Where did I put that? Um, it was just shown, I think it was on one of the, uh, the shows over the weekend, mm -hmm. uh, over the past week or so, so, and it had a picture of those canopy oaks and i mean you could i mean those they were tall you could They're definitely huge, see them yeah. for, for a long distance mm -hmm. uh you know you obviously when you're far out coming into the islands you're not going to see them but as you get approached that's going to be your marker there to say the island of oaks um mm -hmm. and that's going to be your marker to tell you which one to go to so um wow fascinating stuff mm. i tell you this uh i think we're 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 you know with with talking about the the rose gold that they found on the metal down mm -hmm. in the money pit area that they pulled up uh and they're finding that connection of down in the incas and the mayans mm -hmm. that were mixing that kind of they called it the, the um tumbaga gold was it but mm -hmm. yeah that that particular gold along with you know being down in, in south america you know the incas and all that bringing that stuff up um I mean, where? Why else would that be there? You know that, we, and we speculated about the fact that you know, we, we know there's golden area. We've, you and I, John, we've talked about the mm -hmm. pounds of gold that were taken. It was taken out of Gold River, which yeah. is dumps into Mahone Bay, correct? Four hundred and seventy-five pounds, to be exact. Yeah. Right. So, is it possible that there was is there gold underground? Yes, but it's not going to be rose gold. It's not going to be mixed with silver no. and copper to make that goldish color or reddish color to the gold it's yeah. not going to be mixed like that so that tells you right there it's not natural gold in the ground it came from somewhere yeah. um so you know that that's that that's a clue right there and the fact that that um oh okay you just sent me a, a picture let me bring this up that that i mean that's just going to uh to help you to realize that now we're getting that connection from down that way and the mm -hmm. Portuguese had, could very well contribute to that as well, mm -hmm. based upon what was just talked about last night by mm -hmm. our mm -hmm. call, that they were bringing stuff up from South America as well. So, I mean, there you go. There you've got your uh, your connection. You, we yeah, talked about got, Spanish ships. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Tom. Go ahead. Yeah, you get the Spanish coin in the swamp. So, you know, Spain, Portugal. Yep. Sp Spanish marriage of the fee. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to bring up this uh, map that, uh, <laughs> yeah, here's, here's a map that, uh, that, uh, Colin, now I had to zoom in and it, you do get, you get a little Ooh. degradation when you zoom in here, but now I'm going to, this, this is, this is all Mahone Bay, this whole thing. 
It is. And I'd say typically most boats that will come in, you can go in between, you can see the big island out further out, Big Tancook. Mm-hmm. Yep, this one here. Going between that, I call it the Aspatogon and the and the uh, uh, north side of it. Okay, it's a little here. tricky. You can navigate it, but it is a little trickier. Most boats will come in on the south Down side here. of Big Tancook. So you can right. see all those islands and, and shoals and knickknacks between there and Oak Island. There's a yeah, lot Oak of Island stuff. being over it's here. Hard to, it's hard to get perspective unless you, you, when mm. you see it in person. Like there's, a, there's just a lot of things going on there. Mm. So those be marked channels now calling for modern ships or modern pleasure craft to go in there? It's a, um, or is it kind of every man for himself? No, there is. There are some navigational uh, markers throughout. Um, but not everything. It no, is. It, it is pretty. It's it is quite pretty a maze. That's yeah. mm, a lot. What's uh, what? Have you been out to this island, Colin? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me get that off of your face. Big Dan Cook. Yep. Yeah. There are people. There's a fishing community, and they people live there year round. There's a ferry that goes from Chester out to Big Dan Cook Island. Okay. Mm. And you can, uh, or take your own boat, and you can hike around the island and see okay. stuff. It's pretty pretty neat. Wow. Yeah. And then going back to that picture that Doug had of the, uh, of that, uh, you know, that cove uh, mm-hmm. or bay and all those islands. I mean, they, they only had what six in that picture, but I mean, oh my goodness. If you have a bay that has so many islands, you're wow. going to, you're going to depict that on a map mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure. And look at all these. I mean, it's just incredible when you That's, see it like this. Thank you for sharing this picture because, uh, wow. That's incredible. It really is. And that big, that big uh, peninsula you were talking about, uh, uh, John, down mm-hmm. here on the south side. Look at this. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, true. This big old thing. I can't. That's the bottom of the picture, but that's a huge. Uh, well, that's, that's a huge second peninsula. peninsula. Is what that would be. Yeah. My goodness. So you get an idea, folks, of this now. Now, and that's what we were saying that there would maybe be some kind of a guidepost or something, some kind of marker on it. Have to be. Have to, to be. To tell you where to go in here to find this island of oaks, to make your way in here to find Oak Island, which is way inside here. Yeah. You know, but if you're going to hide treasure on an island, I mean, you know, they pick this one. It's close to the shore. It's big. Um, you know, so you're going to be able to get supplies off the mainland pretty easily yep. over to yep. it. It's yep. protected inside there. Like once, like outside Big Tancock, you'll get a lot of the big sea swell, right? So even yeah. if you're kind of anchored, you'd be dancing all over the place. Once you get inside a Big Tancock and around the islands, mm-hmm. there's no sea swell in there. It's pretty, wow. it's pretty calm once you get out of the wow. large bay and in the series of islands. So right. it's pretty protected getting in and around there. And uh, its own natural breakwater. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. Well, I tell you what, uh, I think that uh, we're, we'll start to wrap it up here. We're getting uh, close to the two-hour mark. Um, this has been a great roundtable. Wow, I tell you what, wow. And it's, we've, we've kept the folks around for uh, quite a while here to, to, to uh, awesome. share with us in this. Um, uh, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of good. Oh, can you zoom in on Oak Island? Yeah, I was right there. I will zoom in on it. You can see it right there. So it, it was way in the back and not all the way in because there's more up here. Mm. Uh, I think this is Gold River coming out right here, correct? Yeah, 
And you can even see like the red and green posts that are on there. To your point, Tom, those those are oh, today. Those would be navigational. Oh, markers. look, you're not navigational. Yeah, okay. your red and green posts yeah. right here. Yeah, yeah. those are, those will actually be buoys in the water to yeah. whether you go left or right of them and stuff. So, yeah, but it goes right. show you just how many knickknacks are in around there and those green spots wow. are wow. around and to get a bit a wooden ship in. I, I dream about it when I'm driving out there and I'm, <laughs> and I'm coming through. I'm thinking, imagine coming in with big old wooden sailing ships. Under sail, yeah. Mm. Yeah, under sail and get yourself in here and, and not run into something and then get anchored up and you're dealing yep. with the tides. It's, it'd be an amazing, mm. be an amazing mm -mm -mm. experience. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it too. <laughs> absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know that, uh, you know, you've offered up that you can take, uh, take for a ride. So I'm looking forward to that, but, uh, man, I tell you, this is, uh, and again, you know, with all these islands, you, you, you speculate why Oak Island, but again, it's strategic it, it has a, it has a lot to, and you can bring a, you can bring a ship back in here behind it, but over sure. here between it and the mainland, that's going to yeah. be a great hiding place. It is. And, and just on the shore there behind it, there are some freshwater sources. So, I mean, there's, wow, there's just yeah. such a big variety of things. So if I landed about there, why would I do it? There's lots of food. I gain access to land. There's freshwater yep. resources I can easily get to mm -hmm. and, and bring back to my ship or my encampment. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a, it is a pretty slick spot. Yeah. Yep. And, and what's really, what's also of note, Jeff, is they kept Oak Island off the early maps as well. You know, when you look at the early maps uh, of the area, which has been mentioned a couple times on the show. Yeah, it has. Been, yeah. Been, Why did they omit it from the maps? <laughs> a, a curiosity. Yeah. A curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, any final thoughts as we wrap it up, guys? Yeah, there's more summer. Three more months. Get winter over with. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to get back out there with his boat. Yeah. We are officially yeah. one day closer to spring. Yeah. Yes, we are officially. <laughs> yes, we are indeed. Oh, guys, it has been great. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your insights with us here tonight. This is uh honestly, I knew that we were gonna have a lot of fun with this and uh educational as well. Um, and thanks for all that you've added to this. I appreciate it. And all of you watching. We've had a great crowd tonight. It's just been amazing. And you all have contributed, too, with your questions and your comments and uh, setting the record straight on a few things for me. And I appreciate that very much, of course, with Linda and Jan as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I just it this is exactly why we do this show like this, because we love doing it and having fun with you guys. And we hope that you would enjoy it, too. If you like the content we put out here today, please give us a thumbs up on the show here tonight. And uh, it'll be out there so you can share it with friends and family and people down the road. You can come and it'll be up on YouTube uh, at JFree906. And it'll be also be on our Facebook page. It's also out on Twitch, uh, Twitch TV at JFree906 as well. And it, it doesn't stay out there as long on YouTube. It stays out forever until I take it down myself. Um, oh, Colin, did I miss something else you sent to me? Oh, oh, you sent me a couple pictures of ships. I'm sorry. I didn't oh, even see. Uh, that was a. The blue that was last summer, the blue nose part oh, of the house. I gotta share this real quick. All right, hang on. Let me uh <laughs> let, me, let me get this shared here. This was cool. This is what and what was it again? I'm like, wait, well, let me bring it up first and I'll it's the blue okay. nose. Everybody okay. knows what the blue what the blue nose I, is. I, I know there was a uh, a book about it. Um let's see, let me see if I can find it here. Okay, Ships so even on our on our dime has the uh has the blue nose on it. What is taken is for some reason am I oh there we go. Now we got it. All right. 
Let's see. Oh, here we go. Wow, look at that. Now, how long is that? Do you know? Have any idea? I don't know how many feet the balloon nose is. I have to refer to Google be, for uh, that one. Close to 100, I would think. 200, maybe over 100 feet. That's awesome. It's pretty cool in the summertime, though. I'm sailing through the bay without under full sails, and it's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Add one more picture of it here, too. Let me see if I can bring this one over. Oh, this was right from your boat looking. Oh, wow. That is so cool. And you know what's interesting is these little boats, uh, the, the little dinghies, you know, I'll call them dinghies, um, these little dinghies that it's pulling. You're going to anchor something this size. You're going to anchor out. You're not going to bring it in all the way into the shore. Yeah. And you're going to load stuff onto these dinghies. And the dinghies are the ones you're going to bring into the shore and up onto the slipways, right? Yeah. That, That's the dory. Yeah. They would have been bringing all the equipment and even some of the bigger ones, they would have been bringing livestock and everything on the islands with them, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Somebody asked a question. Let me see who it was here real quick. Uh, Janet asked, how many sailors do you think that ship could hold? Man, I don't know. Hard to say. Uh, I, I don't think you'd want to have more than 30 on something that's high. Probably 25 or so. Hey, Jeff, uh, the blue nose is 150 feet. 150, okay. Uh, that's a lot. Uh, too small yeah. for the swamp, then. And, and you got to remember, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. that was originally a uh, a fishing schooner, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, was, yeah. So That's they awesome. would go out, they would sail that out to Grand Banks. The guys would all get off. They let them all out in the wooden dories. Yeah. The guys would spend the day fishing, come back to the ship. Hopefully you didn't get lost in the fog or anything out there. And you made it back. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Jeff, just one more thing before we go. Yes, sir. Earlier in the show, I, I mentioned the name of the lady in the archaeological trailer. I said her first name was Jan. It was Joan. Joan, okay. So, apologies, okay. Joan. Yeah, apologies, Joan, yeah, for that. Uh, wow. Yeah, because I think she's actually a member of our group, I believe. Um, so, I, I don't know if she's here with us tonight, but sorry about that, Joan. I uh, Yeah, so. That's my mistake. But, um, yeah, I'm going to have that. Uh, I'm going to have that. Um, that picture i'm going to show that at some point because that was on the drilling down so i'm going to mm -hmm. have that picture and share that uh with you uh with joan was in there with the uh, the research center so um but uh interesting we like to be able to share all the people that have been on the island uh and working and doing all they they do there it is there um yeah so 143 feet long 26 foot 11 inch beam man oh man that's it that's a great i'd love to see something like that uh, cruising along that's a that you are so you are quite fortunate calling to <laughs> out there it is a beauty that yeah, is kate thanks for that for sure all right let's wrap this up thanks okay. again folks for being here with us tonight thanks you guys for joining me on the show it has been a lot of fun and uh, like i said click that uh, subscribe button and click like if you uh, enjoy the content of our show we will see you right here saturday don't forget saturday lynn picnic and and uh, clive prince will be here with me at 10 a.m. on Saturday because uh, it's going to be 3 o'clock for them in the U.K. And we're going to end Gretchen Cornwall. Oh, Gretchen it's Cornwall. Host, and it's going to be a lot of fun. You guys are going to want to be here for that one. All right. Have a great rest of your week, and we will see you on Saturday. Bye-bye, everybody.